This is KMTT, and this is Ezubek. Today is Tuesday. Bet de Rosh Chodesh, first day of the month of Tammuz. Today's shiur by Rav Moshe Tarigin is in Essentials of Avodat Hashem. The shiur is half an hour. After the shiur, I'll be back with the Midrash uh, Yomi, the daily Midrash taken from Pashat Korach. And now, Rav Moshe Tarigin. Having discussed the experience of Avas Hashem in the previous year and isolating three or four different profiles or patterns towards achieving Avas Hashem, I would like to address the tandem, in many ways contradictory emotion of Yeras Hashem and Yeras On the surface, of course, these two traits would appear to be not only overlapping but antithetical fearing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, sensing the terror and the awe, prevents the intimacy, the parity, the sense of companionship, which underwrites the experience of Avas Hashem. And by extension, the closeness and proximity, which are enabled and intensified through the moments of Avas Hashem, would appear to contradict the fear and terror which is incumbent upon the Yerei Shemayim. Yet, regarding our relationship with the Melech Malachi Hamlachim, we are commanded to blend these two contradictory and contrasting traits. As the Sifri in Parshas Ve'eschanan articulates, Ein l'cha ahava b'makom yira v'yira b'makom ahava only in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu are we able to reconcile this duality which under normal conventional circumstances does not allow a coherence of both Ahava and Yira. Of course, there's a very, very famous contradiction in the Rambam between Hilchas Tshuva and Hilchas Yisodei Atara, and by evoking or asserting this contradiction, we can hopefully get a better handle on the various dimensions or layers of Yerushalayim. In Hilchas Tshuva, the Rambam is somewhat dismissive of Yerushalayim as an inferior way to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Rambam writes in the beginning of the 10th parak of Hilchas Ideally, a person shouldn't aspire to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in order to secure brachos and blessings or to avoid plague, penalty, and punishment or to somehow evade kares. This form of Avodah Hashem, of religious experience, the Rambam writes, is not the ideal of the prophets, of the wise people, only ignorant people serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this manner. And the Rambam describes this form of Avodah Hashem as Avodah Meyira, acting out of fear, out of fright, self-interest. However, in Yisrael Yatara, the Rambam describes Yira Shamayim as an equal companion, as an equal complementary element to Avas Hashem. In Yisodei Atara Perak Beis Halacha Beis, the Rambam describes the alternating rhythms of Ava and Yira. The Rambam believes that at least initially, 
it is easier to attain, easier to identify Avas Hashem, as I mentioned in the previous year, primarily, at least according to the Rambam, in Hilchas Yisrael De'atara, through intellectual inquiry, intellectual curiosity, studying HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, being exposed to His Torah, to His creation, to His creatures. That process initially instigates Avas Hashem. And then, of course, while being exposed to the majesty and sweep of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the midst of this transcendent encounter, the Rambam writes, Immediately, while considering the magnitude of this encounter, he immediately balks, flinches, and is thrown backwards, and he recognizes his own insignificance, an infinitesimal fleck of dust, with impoverished intellectual knowledge, in front of the sweeping intellect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, K'mosh Amr David, as David exclaimed, in Tehillim Parakhes, Kiera Shemecha, Maseyetz Bosecha, when I consider, when I gaze upon your stars, your cosmos, Ma'an So the Ramam describes the alternation between Ava and Yira. The Ramam at least believes that the initial phase is characterized by Ava, by cognition, understanding, perception, and by extension, some degree of parity, or at least perceived parity, experience parity, and equality. But a true understanding of a Kurdish Baruch Hu's essence and of a Kurdish Baruch Hu's infinity ultimately humbles and crushes the human intellect and the intellectual process. Be that as it may, in the Rambam sequence of Alva Nira being his own position, not necessarily the consensus of how the two alternate, but Yira is described here on equal terms and equal footings. The dismissiveness which the Rambam expressed in Ilchastruva towards Avodas Hashem. Miira, out of self-interest to secure personal gain, to avoid punishment. That is completely absent from the Rambam's description of Yira Shemayim in Hilchasisad Yatara. The answer, of course, is obvious. The Rambam is describing two very, very different types or varieties of Yira Shemayim. In Hilchas Tshuva, the Rambam articulates what is commonly referred to as Yiras HaOnesh. Schoolboy fear of God's harsh penalties and punishments. No internal corresponding sense of religion as a redemptive and ennobling experience. Simply obeying in order to avoid incurring a Baruch wrath or perhaps in an unctuous fashion to persuade a Baruch to provide or to continue to provide health, and personal needs. It certainly is a baseline of Avodah Hashem, and perhaps I will discuss this a bit later. It may be developmentally the way we begin training religious service and religious obedience, but certainly does not represent the ideal, the goal, of the religious spirit, or the religious heart. You're a Zaunesh, a very pragmatic, as I mentioned earlier, self-serving, interest in religious success. There may be a somewhat related form of Yerushalayim. The Mishnah and Avos, Paragimel Mishnah Tess, quotes Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa. Hanina ben Dosa claimed, Kol she yiras cheto kodemes lechachmasa, chachmasa miskayemes. 
וכל שחכמסו קודמס ליר אסכתו, אין חכמסו מסקיימס. וכנינא בן דוסא ספוג נא דב יירס העונש, בדב יירס החט. Fearing not just the penalty or punishments which emerge in the wake of failed religious behavior, but fearing sin itself. Sometimes the greatest punishment of sin is sin itself. Schar mitzvah mitzvah, chazal say, schar avera, or onesh avera avera. The fact that an individual is plunged into a state of sin, of distance, of religious and spiritual sterility, a cold, distant place apart from God. Perhaps Yeras Achet is superior to Yeras Onesh. That a person at least intuits, identifies the corrosive, the morally corrosive impact of Chet and fears that experience. Doesn't fear the penalty or the punishment as much as the consequence and the behavioral kind of, or the personal connotations of his own behavior. Whether referring to Yiras HaOnesh or Yiras HaChet, person who builds religion primarily in these forms of Yira is not able to abstract the content and meaning of religion beyond the mechanical world of action, reaction, of action and consequence, of disobedience and penalty. For him, religion is limited to the world of Halacha, or not just halacha, but the fear of either performing chait or the fear of receiving onesh. The Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva describes a very, very different form of year, a superior form, a surpassing form of year, one which can contend with Avas Hashem as an equivalent passion, each necessary to fuel a deep and profound and sophisticated relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Here the Ramam is describing what is, colloquial refer, what is colloquially referred to as Yiras HaRomimus. Not the fear of Onesh, but the recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinity, of His transcendence, of His inscrutability, of our own personal inability to decipher His will, His essence. A Yira which doesn't stem from the world of action and reaction, of chait and punishment, but a year which stems from an abiding and lucid recognition that religion is pitched upon the encounter between man and a transcendent, perfect, unknowable, unseen, and intangible God. When David HaMelech writes in Tehillim Parakuf Yud Aleph, Reishis Chachma Yiras Hashem, identifying Yiras Shemaim as a form of a Chachma, perhaps he was referring to this form of Yiras Yerushalayim, which is built upon an intuition, an intuition which is elaborated into a thorough and sweeping knowledge and understanding, as the Rambam describes in Yisodei Atara. First, the person must understand Hakadosh Baruch Hu, inquire, examine, understand the enormity and the infinity that he's striving to encounter, and to the degree that he reaches some level, some stage of understanding of acknowledgement that deepens, that animates the ensuing Yerash HaMayim. And in this case, the Yerash Hashem, the Yerash HaRomimus, is in direct proportion to the level of cognition, the level of apprehension, of, of comprehension. There's an interesting Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Nun Vav, which questions 
the source for the Isser of mentioning HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. The Gemara concludes, The actual Isser of mentioning HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name stems from the Pasuk, Es Hashem Elokecha Tira. Fear here is not based on the concern or the anxiety of punishment. It's the recognition of the distance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's so distant, he defies human understanding. We're not able to penetrate his essence. And as an expression, as a symbol of that recognition of distance, we mustn't mention his name inappropriately or in vain. Proper fulfillment and proper adherence to the concept of Hashem Elokechatira, this higher, superior form of Yeras Haromimus, demands care and caution in not freely mentioning a name which perhaps would convert, of course inaccurately, but may convert HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our own minds to an entity which is too familiar, too common, and of course, by definition, too paganistic. For paganism always constitutes any attempt to humanize the divine essence. Another interesting Gemara Sachim describing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name Ravina Rami. Ravina used to ask the following question. Ravina used to assert the following statement. This is my name, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, throughout the generations for eternity. Even though the Pasuk reads Li'olam, it is written Li'olam. The word Li'olam is written without a vav, inviting an alternate reading of Li'olam. My name is hidden. That my name is not read in the exact way that it's written. Yudke Vavke is read as a totally different phrase. We just articulate a paraphrase. Adoshem. The letters are written Yudke Vavke, but we articulate it as Aleph Dalet Nun Yud Adoshem. And our inability even to reference a Kurdish Baruch Hu's name in the manner that it's written is itself a reflection and a personal reinforcement of our own inability to crack or to scrutinize a Kurdish Baruch Hu's essence. So whether it's the Gemara and Sanhedrin Dafnun Vav, which reasserts the Isser to mention a Kurdish Baruch Hu's name inappropriately, unnecessarily, in vain, based on the Pasuk as Hashem Melokecha Tira. Or whether it's the Gemara Msachim Dafnun, which describes the fact that a Kurdish Baruch Hu's name, when it is spoken, is articulated in a manner which is discrepant from the actual textual presentation, the limited manner of expressing a Kurdish Baruch Hu's name, and the fact that even when we do express it, we only approximate the name, so to speak, we offer some substitution are each built upon the premise of Yiras Hashem, of Yiras HaRomimus, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is unknowable, and since He is unknowable, the way we name Him and the way we access Him through naming Him is going to be, of course, indirect, limited, and carefully, carefully regimented. This second surpassing form of Yiras HaRomimus is not just a alternate passion by which we encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu, an alternate emotional framework. 
which filters or animates our relationship with Hermelech But it serves as a foundation for, for a very, very different form of Avodah Hashem, a form which is meant to complement the Avodah Hashem based on Hafa. As the Rambam articulated in Hilchas Tshuva, as I mentioned in the previous year, one form of Avas Hashem is appreciating a Kodesh Baruch Hu system of Torah, of Halacha, recognizing the dignity, the class, the redemptive experience which it lends to our own lifestyle, to our own existence. Love based on understanding, of intuition, of reconciling our own will to our Kodesh Baruch Hu's will, perceiving within Halacha a gift of life, a doctrine, and a discipline for successful human experience. Avas Hashem is most deeply felt when a Kodesh Baruch Hu's will is understandable. When we can synchronize our own perspective to His will and understand His mitzvahs, understand His role in history, understand the encounter, it makes sense, it coheres within the human psyche, the human ration, and we proceed to obey and to serve because we recognize that service as synchronous to the human experience. By contrast, Yerashamayim, specifically Yerasharomimus, is most deeply felt when we are utterly helpless in understanding and conceiving of His will, the purpose of His mitzvahs, the ultimate scheme of the course of history. At those moments, we serve out of Yeras Hashem. Despite the fact, and because of the fact, that we're unable to know Him fully. We serve Him at a distance, in awe, recognizing the mystery, embracing the mystery, recognizing the transcendence and our own inability to crack a Kurdish Baruch Hu's will. And every human being visits these two moments, these two phases of human experience and hopefully of religious success. They're religious moments which are perched upon deep understanding, valuing and evaluating religion for the salutary and beneficial impact it has upon our own lifestyle and our own goals. And there are moments in which religion seems to us to be a mystery. can't understand the hidden wisdom, but we know it to exist. We face that mystery with courage and with faith. When Avram stands on Har HaMoriah, having just almost sacrificed his own child, having been brought to the brink of sacrificing Yitzchak, Hashem sends Malachim to intervene and to restrain Avram, and the Malach announces Hara Maria affirms Avraham's heroic role in the history not of Avas Hashem but in the history of the Yeras Hashem it is impossible for Avraham to stand on the top of that mountain and understand the Kaddish Baruch Hu's true intent. 
it's impossible for Avram to understand the historical, religious, and moral connotations which will ricochet through history, which will ripple their way through history based on this one epic moment. His vision is too limited. He's just a human being. Not only can't he understand, in fact, he shouldn't understand. The matter says that Avram stands on top of Haramaria as the tears roll from his eyes. Perhaps this is a diminishing image of Avram. Shouldn't he rejoice? Shouldn't he be thrilled to fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will? How dare he cry at the behest of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Obeying HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, affirming Hineni, and he cries. And the answer, of course, is that it is forbidden for Avram to allow HaKadosh Baruch Hu's command to transform him into a monster. He is meant to maintain fatherly emotions, paternal emotions for Yitzchak, to be horrified by the prospect of sacrificing his son, to be brought to the point of tears. But of course, at that moment, he has to impose his moral, his halachic, his, his religious will upon his own nature, his own emotions, and obey Kaddish Baruch Hu's command through the tears and through the mystery and through the inability to understand and to perceive Kaddish Baruch Hu's intent, Kaddish Baruch Hu's command. So he cries, but he still fulfills Hashem's request. This is a lesson, not Navas Hashem. Avram's entire life was a study of Avas Hashem. As I mentioned in the previous year, he is referred to as Zerah Avram Oavi. And the Rambam continuously evokes the image of Avram as the exemplar or the model of Avas Hashem. But at Hara Maria, Avraham typifies not Avas Hashem, but Yeras Hashem. The ability to sustain religious excellence and behavior even in the face of our inability to understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's providence, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ashkacha, the ability to serve when history doesn't smile upon the human experience, upon the Jewish odyssey, the ability to serve when performing mitzvahs which don't necessarily lend themselves towards simple reconciliation, don't appear to be redemptive or enriching to the personal human experience. And in this respect, the simple reading of the Psukim seems to contradict the statements I raised in the previous year in the name of the Ramban. The Ramban in Parshas Yisra mentioned that a true Ori of Hashem is someone who is willing to sacrifice his life on behalf of his, of his love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu so deeply that he's willing to sacrifice himself. According to the simple reading of the Psukim in Bereshis Chavbeis, Mesiras Nefesh Al-Kiddush Hashem being forced to sacrifice your life in order to defend your religious principles, your religious commitment, is not an experience dominated by Avas Hashem, but rather by Yeras Hashem. There's a very interesting Tosfos in Brachos, which I believe articulates the same notion. I mentioned in previous Shiurim that the first parsha of Kriya Shema, Shema and Ve'ahavtas Hashem Elokecha, contain three fundamental elements of religious experience. Belief in Hashem, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, love of God, V'yavtas Hashem Elokecha, B'chol Levavcha, 
ובכל נפשך ובכל מי יודעך. Basis of theology, our best attempt to understand God by exposing ourselves to His will. And by understanding Him, we can love Him and we can affirm our belief more authentically, more accurately. And the Rambam mentions, the Rambam in Hechaz Kriyashma, Perak Aleph, Halacha Beis, mentions these three ingredients of the first parsha of Kriyashma. Ibnei Sheyeshba, Yichud Hashem, the Rambam writes, V'yavaso, V'talmudo. Yichud Hashem, Hashem Echad, V'yavaso, V'yavdaz Hashem Elokecha, V'talmudo, as the Rambam characterizes Talmud Tara, Shehu Ha'ikar HaGadol, Shehakol Taloibo. The fundamental pillar upon which everything, certainly everything in theology, depends. But Tansvals in Brachos and Daf Yud Gimel, Dibra Maschal Atkan, also mentions the ingredients of this first parsha. Tosas more specifically targets the specific elements. He says, the first two psukim of Kriyashima, he doesn't talk about the conclusion of the first parsha, which talks about Talmud Torah. He merely talks about the first two psukim, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, V'yavtas Hashem Elokecha, V'chol Avadcha, V'chol Nafshecha, V'chol Miodecha. Tosas writes, Sheshnei psukim elu medabrim be Yichud Hashem, Hashem Echad, affirming Akadosh Baruch Hu's exclusivity, His indivisibility, Hashem Echad, Yichud Hashem, Ahavaso, Ahavas Hashem, Vyaftas Hashem, Elokecha, Bechol Levadcha, Bechol Nafshecha, Bechol Miyodecha, and Talsvos adds Uvi Yiraso. Somehow these two psukim of Kriya Shema also articulate Yiras Hashem, and in many ways it's a baffling Talsvos. Because at least textually, there's no mention of the word Yira. The word Ahava appears, the concept of Yichud appears, Hashem Echad, but the term Yira never appears. Presumably, Tosas is referring to this Pasuk in Parshas Vayera, and the message of this Pasuk. When an individual is willing to sacrifice his life, or in the case of Avram, to sacrifice his child, and not just his child, but his own career, for Avram stood for a certain mission, a certain image of morality and ethics, consciousness, good conscience, generosity, sympathy. At this point, he was willing to sacrifice not only his child, but his entire career, his entire reputation. If he would undoubtedly be accused as a hypocrite, as a murderer, after he descends Harahamoria. When a person is willing to sacrifice, when the world when circumstances demand sacrifice of life. And it doesn't make sense. Why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu expecting this of us? Why is He subjecting us to this almost insurmountable challenge? Why are conditions? Why are we exposed to Holocaust, to suffering, to persecution, when a person is able to sustain religious commitment in the face of those mystifying challenges? He's living the passion of Yiras Hashem. The conclusion of that second Pasuk in the first parak of Kriyashima, V'yavtas Hashem Elokecha, V'chol Levavcha, U'v'chol Nafshecha, U'v'chol Miyodecha, Chazal Darshan in Brachos, U'v'chol Nafshecha, Afilu Hunotel Es Nafshecha. You're committed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu even to the point of death, even if you're forced to sacrifice your life as Rabbi Akiva did. Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues, the Asar Malchus, that is an expression of Yerush Hashem. 
So when Talsos in Brachos and Daf Yud Gimel mentions that the first two Psukim of Kriyashma contain Yichud Hashem, Avas Hashem, and Yuras Hashem, Talsos is also, presumably, defining Mesiras Nefesh al Kiddush Hashem as an expression, as a reflection of Yurashemayim, not of Avas Hashem, as the Ramban Alatara described. Avas Hashem and Yuras Hashem. Love and fear, intimacy, equality, and terror, and awe, and distance are the twin engines which drive the religious experience. If too much yira exists, then the relationship turns paganistic. There's no longer a relationship between man and God, but a relationship between man and a human imagined image of God. If there's not enough Ava, if there's too much Yira, if there's exclusively Yira, then the relationship is cold, is distant, is almost non-existent. Religion becomes sterile, mechanical, dry, insipid, lifeless. These two passions, as contradictory as they may seem, are meant to sustain each other. Are meant to intensify each other how they're meant to be reconciled in the specific manner, whether they alternate chronologically, there are moments of Ava, succeeded by moments of Yira, as the Rambam may suggest in Hukhasisodhi Atara, whether they're meant to be blended in a more integral fashion, it's a very interesting sefer, known as Be'ikvota Yira, the sefer written, or sefer of collections of the writings of Rav Ram Ilya Kaplan, tremendous gadol of the first part of the 20th century, he studied in Slobodka. He was at a certain point the head of the Hildesheimer Institute in Germany. Very interesting personality. He has an article in, in the Sefer of Collected Writings. He passed away at an early age, so he may not be as well-known as he should be. In one of his articles, he describes the Pasuk in Tehillim, Gilu Birada, Pasuk which perhaps uh, formulates this blend, this unlikely blend of Ava and Yira, he tries to find a parable to capture the notion, the seemingly perplexing notion of combining Ava and Yira. Speaks about a father carrying his child on his shoulders. That moment of lifting a small child upon your shoulders is at once the most exhilarating, joyous moment of a person's life. Great joy which pulses through the person, through the father. But it's also the scariest and most terrifying moment because you recognize how fragile the joy is, how delicate the child, and how vulnerable the moment. If we truly appreciate our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're also constantly attuned to its fragility, to the danger of even one moment of indiscretion. And we can sense at a certain level both Ava and Yira simultaneously. Going back to that Sifri in Parshas Vizchanan, Ein Lecha Ava B'makom Yira. The year of Amakum Ava, Bilvat. But ultimately, whether they are meant to be alternating passions or complementary passions, they're meant to sustain each other. This paradox between fear and love is planted in the very heart of the human religious consciousness. Paradox in religion is not meant to be reconciled or simplified, but rather to be sustained, for in paradox lies true depth. The true depth which reflects the true depth 
and the complexity of the human experience. Only through paradox can we fully capture it and live it in an excellent fashion. As I mentioned earlier, without Yira, the relationship may be intimate, may be joyous, but it's inaccurate, it's fraudulent. We aren't encountering a divine, transcendent, mysterious God. Rather, our own human conception and an imagined image of a God. A div- an humanly imagined divine image. The very famous Pasuk preceding Az Yashir and Shemos Yudalit Vayosha Hashem Bayom Ahu Asisyol Miyad Mitzrayim Vayar Yisrael Es Mitzrayim Meis Al Sfas Hayom Vayar Yisrael Es Yad HaGdola Asher Asa Hashem B'Mitzrayim Vayiru HaAmes Hashem Vayaminu B'Hashem Uvemosha Avdo that second Pasuk, Pasuk Laman Aleph in Parak Yudalit contains two words which stem from similar roots. Vayar Yisrael Siyad HaGadola the people encountered and witnessed the Kodesh Baruch Hu Vayiru and they feared him. Yira, fear and Re'ia vision and insight stem etymologically from similar sources. If you fear Hashem and you fear him not just that you are terrified of his onish, but you recognize your inability to know him, to understand him. If you are truly a Yereshamayim, then you are truly seeing a Baruch Hu in an accurate and authentic manner. You're seeing a Baruch Hu honestly. If you do not possess sufficient Yereshamayim, then your vision is fraudulent artificial manufactured true yira yields re'ia just as true re'ia exploring understanding inquiring being exposed on the amsaf to Hashem's might and His majesty instigates yira fear recognition of His enormity of His sweep these two words interact with each other in both a delicious and, and deep manner. Yira breeds Ria, Ria breeds Yira. Yira frames our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, ensuring that it doesn't regress, that it doesn't deteriorate into a paganistic relationship where we assume that we can understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu since we feel a love that's so deep and so resonant towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. ensures, of course, that the recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's transcendence and might won't stifle or stymie the human ambition, the religious heart, which strives, desires to know, to love, to interact with its Creator. The Midrash Hayumi, the daily Midrash. We saw yesterday... To Medrashim about Vayikach Korach. What did Korach take? The first Pshat said he took other people. How do you take people? It means he seduced, he beguiled. And the second one, Vayikach, he took himself, he took himself to the side. He separated himself from the Klal. The second idea is essential in understanding the normal name that Chazal give to Pshat Korach, Machloket Korach. Korach was a Baal Machloket. He was a disputant. He he, he caused machloikas. 
specifically, Machloket is defined in Chazal in connection with Datan Vaviram. The Midrash says about Datan Vaviram, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to see them, they refused to come to him, so he went to see them. So when he came to see them, Datan Vaviram Yatsu Nitzavim. Yatsu Nitzavim, they came out erect. Medrash asks, yoshvim, o korim, o adam? How else can you come out? When you come out, you have to walk. You can't come out sitting or bowing or falling down. The only way to come out is erect. When you walk, you're erect. So therefore, they give another pshat to the word nitzavim. They came out, they were mecharef umegadef. They were, uh, they were blaspheming, they were scoffing. They were they were fuming at the mouth. They they came out yelling and screaming uh, uh, insults about Moshe Rabbeinu. How do we know that? They explained that the word that's what the word nitzav means, uh, based on a comparison to Goliata Plishti. It says that Goliata Plishti vayigasha Plishti hashkem arbaim yom. That for forty days, waiting uh, there was a stalemate between the Jews and the Plishtim. Goliath came out every day morning and evening, and he stood for 40 days. What did he do when he stood there? So we know, the Pasuk in Shmuel tells us that he was mecharef ma'achot elokim chayim. He blasphemed against God, against the God of the Jews, saying that God was helpless and nobody could stand up against the mighty the mighty Goliath. So the Medrash says, that's what the word nitzav means. I think this is actually pshat. Nitzav means to be erect, but a person who stands very erect when someone comes to see him, Chazal understand it as being a psychological uh, attitude, a psychological posture that's the same as scoffing, blaspheming, and insulting. You 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 stand with a certain kind of gaiva, a certain kind of rosh zakuf, head erect, erect posture. I know we were told when we were children that that's the way we should walk, but Chazal don't see it that way. Chazal think that he who walks bekoma zakufa, with erect posture. It's a sign of a rebellion, klapeshmaya. It's an in, it's an in, it's an inner attitude of I'm important, and so vayit yetsev against somebody or before somebody is in the rashon of Chazal mecharef umigadef. And then the midrash continues, and that's where I think where the word machloket comes from. They made the machloket with Moshe. Obviously, Korach was responsible, but this was the real machloket with Moshe that they they literally attacked him. At least in words. Uh, so the Midrash then has the following statement. Bo Come and see. Kama kashem How how difficult, how bad machloket is. Shekol ed Anyone who assists, he's not the major disputant, but anyone who assists in the existence, he fans the flames of Machloket, God extinguishes, God wipes out his memory. As we see that the 250 people who joined Korach and the Tan Vaviram, but they really didn't do anything. They were just, they were accessories. And their punishment was that they were burnt up. And apparently the Chazal see this burning up as being more than death, but it's an obliteration. 
And the meaning is not that it's more painful necessarily. It's not a greater punishment in terms of how unhappy you are. But the idea being that it's not just a punishment for you, it's wiping you out and no one should even know you existed. Because the only way, I'm guessing now what the Pshat is, Machloket isn't punished. Machloket has to be wiped out. It has to not exist. If, if Machloket exists, then we suffer from its cancerous effects. And a second statement, How serious and bad is Machloket? The Betin on high, the heavenly court punishes from when you're 20 years old and over. Ubetin shall mata mi ben yud gimel. A human court punishes someone for a crime from the age of 13. Bemachlokoto shall korach tinokot ben yoman nisrafu benivlau bishaol tachtit. In the case of korach, even infants suffered the same fate as korach and were swallowed up by the deaths. As it says, when the Adat Korach was swallowed up, they and their wives and their children and their infants all went down alive to Sheol, to, to the depths. What does the last line mean? This is what it means, Vayikach Korach. What does it mean, what, what is it trying to say here? We understood the Medrash. The Medrash says the Machloket is terrible. And when you have Machloket, even the people who are on the outskirts of your Machloket will be punished. And even the children will be punished. It means, Korach basically went. That's the real pshat. Korach went to Moshe and said, Vayikach means he dragged along other people with him who were, were only partially connected. But that's why it says he took, meaning he went without necessarily taking. It's a new shot. He didn't seduce other people. He simply went. A couple of people went with him. But those people who went, they took, they dragged others with them who were relatively, relatively innocent. But nonetheless, that's what it says, Kama Kashem Machloket. Machloket is not an individual sin. It's a cancer that seethes within the community. And you can't just cut out the 100% responsible. Because around them, you still have, you still have dying tissue, you still have the gangrene that they've introduced, and therefore the terrible punishment that's involved here, being swallowed up, being wiped out completely, more people are punished, and those who are punished are not just punished but are disappear, because you have to start and have only the healthy tissue that remains. That's the the nature and the danger of having machloket in our in our community. And that's it for today. You've been listening to KMTT, the Shiur of HaRav Moshe Targin on the essentials of Avodat Hashem, as well as the Midrash Yomi, the daily Midrash of myself. This is Ezra Beck. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Shiur on Mesechet Brachot Halacha Agada that I will be giving. Until then, call to this is KMTT, Kimi Tzion Tetzei Torah, the Torah podcast. Torah every day, half an hour a day. Remember, please continue spreading it out, giving it to your friends, your acquaintances, people you meet in the street. You are our ambassadors. Tell everybody about KMTT. Have your own daily Torah session. Kol Tov, Bibakata Torah, Mitzion. And we'll be back tomorrow.